send it. Okay, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of F and Growth. Today is episode number 30, and we're gonna dive all into how to land new clients using Client First. Last week, we introduced the Client First uh, naming system for Webflow, and we went over all the details and the benefits and the values. Today, we're gonna talk about how to use that to actually land more clients and grow your business. So some of the strategy behind why we built the system and how we're using it internally, and also how you can do some of those same things using client first. But before we get too far into this thing, let's F and grow. Okay, what is up, Joe? I'm ready. I'm ready. ready to talk client first. Been talking about it for months and I will continue talking about it for months. And that's what this episode is about. There's no surprise that we called it client first. There's a lot more to that name than just an organized naming convention. So that's what we're getting into this episode. I'm really excited. Yeah. And it's been exciting on the streams these last few days. Um, these last few weeks, really. So what's up? Alex Lee is here. Ariel T. Babis, what's up? Dale Jansen, Daniel, what's up? Jeremy LaRoe, uh, Grace Walker just popped in. Jonathan Friedman, Carla, Kay, Magdalena, hello, Maria. Oh, hi, Maria and Magdalena, two of our favorite ladies. What's up, ladies? Uh, Mahar is here. Uh, Nimish, Penny, Rock and Roll CEO, Rohan, Wallison, Wyatt. Man, we got a squad in the house today. What is up, everyone? We are going to get deep into it. But before we get too far into the actual client uh, first stuff, we want to talk about the newest parts of the extension release. And so, Joe, how do we want to do? Let's do this before we get into our disclaimer. Do you want to jump into screen mm -hmm. share mode here and um, set that up? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so let's go here oh oh that's the wrong screen we got to get joe's screen in there okay <laughs> all right great okay so today we have new features that have launched with client first we reviewed these on last week's stream so we're not going to go deep into using these and in, in previews of these if you haven't seen it go back to last week to check them out but I will show you them live in the extension. We have in our new cleanup tab, remove classes by page, really useful for cleaning up a messy project and remove styles by breakpoint. Again, another way to clean up a really messy project. We have also released custom code in site settings, but we forgot one thing. We forgot to actually unlock it inside the extension. So just minutes before this stream, we resubmitted and you will have this unlocked either tomorrow or the next day. We're seeing Chrome now very quickly accept our submissions. So this is done, this is live, but just wait for the next update. If you don't know how to make updates inside Chrome, I will show you this right now. I'm going to share this inside the chat here. You can go to this inside your Chrome uh, inside the Chrome browser, and there is a button right here, update. Clicking update will update your extensions. So right away, if you think you, you don't have the most recent version, Chrome doesn't do it immediately. They do it periodically. So you can manually go and push an update. Very useful for some people. Oops, I'll show you that next. So that's coming next. And then link block and editor. We did not launch link block and editor. We didn't want to leave you hanging with no new feature. So we actually have a brand new feature and that is page history. Inside the functional tab, you'll see the new page history tab and you can optionally turn on, hold on one second, there we go. You can optionally turn on page history navigation. So I'm going to turn this on and you can see that there is uh, my hold on my screen share is going quite slow here and let's look at this new page history functional we have page history and now we're going to activate this new navigation tab so turned on you can see a new tab inside designer and i can turn this on and off by default it's off 
But if we go and turn that on, we now have a page history of the most recent pages that we visited inside Designer. If you have a big project and you have a lot of pages in your project and you need to go back and forth between the pages you're currently working on, this could be a very difficult and time consuming and annoying process. So we are going to record your last five pages that you've visited so that you can quickly get back to those pages without looking at a big giant class list. So right now we have no page navigation history. I can go and click around and we'll see the last page that I visited was home new and I'm on Lottie Playground. So let's go to upcoming and now I'm on upcoming and we'll see the last page is Lottie Playground. So you're only usually working on a few pages at a time in your build. Let's keep those organized. Let's keep those really accessible. And this is going to help your workflow and let you work faster inside Webflow. So that's live. We replace that with the link block editor setting. Thank you, Proud. I appreciate the <laughs> round of applause. And yeah, that's a great one. We're already using that. It's already uh, very, very helpful for a lot of our developers. Now, let's get into next week. We're not going to go over live examples, but I will tell you what is coming next week. Highly probable coming, unbind CMS collections on elements. So you have a CMS collection on the page, you are on a template page, and you want to just clear all of those bindings. You'll be able to do that in the extension. We are also very highly probably launching merge combo classes, and I'm going to show you a screenshot of this. You are able to select combo classes, just like you would select inside interactions, and then create a new class name that merges all of these combo classes together. Super, super useful. Sometimes the combo classes get a little bit out of your reach. You just get too many combos and you say, hey, I want to put all these styles into one. So there you go. You'll be able to do that next week, create a new class name and even replace the instances of these combo classes with the new class. So let's say all throughout your site, you have your home header, color blue, and opacity 50%. And it just happens that now all of your heroes and all of your headers have that exact same combination. So you can go create that new class name and optionally apply it to different pages and even give different class names to those different pages and replace all of those combo instances. This I think is going to be a big, big workflow improvement for a lot of people I know our team is really pumped for this one. That's insane. And then, yeah, that is That's, insane. I, there's. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's wild. Like we, I did the fake sound effects there and Pete Blanchford was saying, um, <laughs> you don't know that we're actually hooping and hollering out there. So I know it was fake, but it's like they're the sentiment here. I'm even watching you show this stuff and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, it's like, so it's just. Yeah, it's, it's not awesome. stuff that like you ever thought you were going to be able to do in any kind of like, yeah, with any kind of, yeah. Anyway, it's cool. Continue. <laughs> and there's going to be great ways to use this with client first. In client first, we, we try to limit the use of combos. We don't want you to have a lot of combos, but it happens. So this tool, I know we're going to work this into our client first workflow to make sure that we're staying neat and organized and not over comboing. Okay, and then there is a probable feature for next year, next week. Uh, and that probable feature for next week is search and replace classes. Also duplicate and replace classes by page. Mm. So we'll have a very similar UI to this and you'll be able to search for a keyword in a class name and then replace that keyword and optionally duplicate that class for a new page. Let's give an example of that. You have a home logo bar and you call it the home logo bar and you want that logo bar on your client's page and you wanna keep that base, but you actually wanna rename it to the client, client logo bar for the client's page. So you'll be able to search for that home client bar keyword, and you'll be able to replace all of those class names inside that component with your new page name. This is gold for client first. 
This will allow you to take our templates, our wireframes, and very quickly rename all of our sample namings to fit exactly with your project. So I'm super, super excited for that one. We're working hard to make that happen for you. <laughs> That's insane. That's, yeah. I mean, it I could imagine using insane. this for like when you copy and paste elements and it changes the name and you know, like there's so many reasons where you would want to like grab multiple styles and then just say, nope, everything with this, convert them to that. So yeah, all yeah. of this is just like, ooh, ooh, we ready? Yeah, we ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, and, got people excited. Oh, there's more, but wait, that's yeah. not all. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's always more, there's always more. This has been sweet. I want to go back to a feature we released a few weeks ago, and that is CSS styles reorder. We've been getting a couple of notes, a couple of comments, some feature requests about CSS styles reorder. And the questions are telling us that we need to explain this a little bit more to you. So we've actually changed the description inside the extension for this feature. And I'm going to read it to you because it's super important and we see a lot of people misunderstanding what this is. Reorder CSS is for reordering the classes inside your site. This is useful for specificity issues. And if you don't know what this is, you probably should not be using it. This feature is advanced and it is for not for sorting styles alphabetically. It's not for visually ordering styles in a way that makes sense to you. It is reordering CSS be based on how these styles and classes interact with your project. You should read about specificity. This is not a visual tool. It's not an alphabetical reorder tool. And we got a lot of requests for alphabetical reordering. That's not what this is for. So if you're not sure what this is, give some reading on it. It's going to help you get to the next level of your CSS knowledge. Yeah. Cool. And I believe that's it for the extension. Reimar, did I miss I anything? Is there anything you want to add here? No, but I do want to add a little something in just saying that with both this and the client first, I want people to notice the amount of documentation and education that's here. As useful as these things are to your workflow, and we think they're gonna help you be more productive inside of Webflow, the goal is to also teach best practices and to help people understand what the things they do, how they impact the code, how they impact the website, how these things that work, because Webflow visually abstracts a lot of what's happening on the web. Right. And we all know no code is a misnomer and that the more code you understand, the better you become at being a Webflow dev or at being productive in the space. And so a lot of this is about teaching as we go here. And so some of the stuff Joe was just saying about, hey, you may want to see these in alphabetical order and maybe it's visually easier to see that, but it's not the way CSS works. Right. And so we are defaulting to fundamentals of how CSS and the web works to help Webflow be a little bit more powerful, obviously within the constraints that we're working with. So I just wanted to point that out, that like there's an educational opportunity. If some of this seems like it's too much for you, if it seems or feels like it's out of reach, just know that taking small chunks, finding small ways to like make a little progress, learn a little something, dissect something. I mean, I remember when I was starting with um, Webflow, I would start projects and walk away super frustrated. And then I'd come back to it and I'd see something and I'd be like, okay. Or I'd clone something and I'd start messing around and I'd break something. But after time, that's that knowledge starts stacking. So hopefully that's what's happening here, right? With these releases, it's like, we're gonna improve your workflow, but we're also gonna teach you a little bit. And as you learn, your workflow will get better and that stuff will compound, which will lead us ideally to landing more clients in the world of Webflow, which is how we're gonna transition into the next phase <laughs> of our full presentation here. I am a pro. I just need nice. y'all to know that I am nice. a pro at transitions. <laughs> Whatever just happened there, it was a professional ass transition. So, <laughs> okay. That was, I love it. Um, yeah, Vimalan is saying reminder to hit that like button. We do appreciate that. That helps more people find the stream. Um, and puts us in front of more people on YouTube. So we did just talk about those extension updates. Um, we do have a little bit of a disclaimer before we get into the client first stuff. So Joe, do you wanna take that first disclaimer? 
Sure. We're going to be talking about client first with our clients. We're going to say this on the call. We're going to tell them that this is the system that we're using. The disclaimer is we don't want to get in the weeds with explaining the system. And what that means is we don't need to over explain it. We don't need to tell them how the spacing works. We don't need to tell them the specifics of how we are naming things. We just want to give our clients the surface level. Unless they specifically ask for it, unless they ask for the full training system, you may bore your client with some of this information. The point of client first is that they could just jump into the site and start using it. They don't need to understand every single piece of it. So when you're on the call, when you're in front of that lead, don't give them uh, education on client first. Give them the simple basics, and that's what we're going to go over. Yeah. And this is kind of a general disclaimer in Webflow and in the no-code space, right? Like we as builders get real excited about the nuances of this and how we built that and which tool you use to do X, Y, or Z. Client doesn't give a shit most of the time, right? Like what the client wants to know is, does this work for me? Does it solve my problem? Does it fit within my budget? You know, is this like the direction we want to head? with this budget that we're about to put into this project, right? And so a lot of times that comes down to just you, your credibility, your previous work history. And oftentimes a lot of people who learn this stuff, they get so excited that when they go and get a chance to talk to a client, they wanna talk about the technical stuff. They wanna talk about like, you know, all of the cool things they're learning, which is okay in these settings, right? That's what this stream is for. That's what our community stuff is for. That's why you make relationships with other people who are like-minded so you can kind of geek out on that stuff. When you talk to the client, your focus should really be on targeting that conversation to the specifics that are gonna help them understand how does this get me to my goals, right? How does this help me accomplish what I want to accomplish as a business, which is really the lens that a business owner or uh, some any business is really gonna make this decision around. And so just keep that in mind in general. Uh, whether it's client first, whether it's anything having to do with this technical stuff, unless you're talking to the technical team that's making that decision, that could be a totally different ball of wax. If they are a technical client, let's say I've had somebody who wanted help getting to Webflow, right? They didn't need me to do the whole thing. They just wanted me to help set up. They wanted to dig into the weeds. Okay. In these instances with these folks, this is where you can dig in. You can get a little more nuanced with like the specifics of it. Um, but yeah, just be careful not to get too lost. Um, okay. So, and with that, let's get into knowledge cells. And before we do that, we're going to send this poll out in the comments here, um, asking about if anybody's used client first. Yes. So if you use it on a project, have you started playing with it? Are you planning on using on it for a next project? So if you're here, in addition to smashing that like button, if you want to, um, uh, answer the poll here, that'll kind of give us a little snapshot on how many of you are actually using this yet um, or are planning on using it. So let's get into the knowledge cells. Joe, send them out. Great. Knowledge cells. It's exactly as we've written it. When you can show your lead that you know what you're talking about, you're going to give them the confidence to move forward with you. And this is really important. Nobody wants to spend money on a service if they don't think that person giving the service knows what they're talking about. So you not only need to have a good price and have a good portfolio and explain how your service works, you need to prove that you know what you're talking about and that you have the knowledge to perform this service. And that is super, super important. It doesn't matter what you're selling. You could be selling grass fertilizer. You could be selling uh, websites, it's all the same thing. You have to have knowledge. And client first, one of our goals is to help give you that knowledge, to give you the resources to get that knowledge, to then share it with the client. Hmm. So you can show the client client first, give a preview of the navigator panel and a client first build, show how simple it is, all of that naming is, show show some of the documentation, show how many videos there are, show that they can jump in and learn it themselves if they want to, even if they're never going to do it, knowing that the system, your Webflow system is built, your Webflow site is built in, has full documentation, that's a big win. So knowledge sells, be very mindful of that. How can you show that you have knowledge? Hmm. Well, and this again goes to 
this could seem confusing, right? Because in the disclaimer, we just said, don't get lost in the technical details. Well, then how do you share your knowledge, right? Like if you can't just tell people about all this stuff, you know, well, you do that, especially in this business by showing. This is why the portfolio comes into play. This is where it could easily show someone an example of a nicely organized navigator panel versus a not. You know, um, so something that uses client first, something that doesn't. And um, also with your projects, right? With your portfolio, with the work that you do before talking to this client is what's gonna sell this project, right? It's very rarely gonna be something that you do in between the moment you chat with the client for the first time and close the deal, that's gonna make them change their mind or that's gonna convince them that you're the person they wanna do business with. Most of the time in this space, you know, folks have looked at your portfolio, they've seen your work, they're coming to you from a referral, right? This is not one of those like impulse buy situations. Most people are not impulse buying websites, right? Most people are gonna work with you because they like your style, they like your approach, they like your sense of humor in your copy, they like your illustration skills, I don't know, right? They, there's something about you, right? And so what we're talking about here is knowledge sells, is building that base of work that shows that you know this stuff, right? And so we've, kind of done that with the outline and framework. And so there's a lot of source material that you can tell the client, which is gonna go into the next, um, oh no, the, the, the education friendly, that people can learn from this, right? So maybe the client does wanna learn, maybe they're one of these technical uh, people that we talked about at the beginning and they want more of this content. This is where then you can bring in some of the documentation, you can bring in some of the other resources and you can give them as much of that as possible, but let that be a decision the client makes. Let the client pull that request out of you uh, before kind of getting uh, too deep there. So there's a balance between sharing what you know and showing what you know, and then translating that in an effective way to a client so that it lands to more closed deals. Yeah, sharing your knowledge could be as simple as going into one of your builds and making a few updates. That you don't have to tell them how the CSS works. You don't have to bore them with the technical details if they don't want that. You could go into designer, show how simply a, a class is named, make some changes to that and show how quickly that update was made inside Webflow. And right away now the client says, whoa, this person knows what they're doing. They just changed that whole layout in 10 or 15 seconds. And that's great. And I, I saw that they were editing the, the home header and I saw that they were editing, editing the home header image and I saw they were editing the home header subtitle. I know what those words mean. So that's, that's how you can think of knowledge. And yeah. you really have to gear this towards whoever you're speaking to. Like Reimar said in the beginning, maybe you're talking to somebody who is really motivated to go and learn Webflow. Maybe you're talking to somebody who doesn't want to learn Webflow. They just want a neat and organized website. You can approach that differently, but still the knowledge is key. Yeah, yeah. And again, I wish I had the graphic up here. Um, I'll, I'll bring it up if I can find it, but there's this graphic where it's like, um, think Mario and the little flower that turns Mario into like the fireball spitting version of Mario. So it's like little Mario and then the little fireball plant, right? And so it's like, Mario's your client, the plant is what you sell, and what you sell is not necessarily that plant, what you sell is Mario being big with the ability to throw fireballs. Right. And so, again, you have to think about client first relating the value in the way that it makes sense to the client, which is talking about the benefits, the, the what they're going to get out of this. Right. Why does this help them scale a team? Why does it help them as they're going to grow this website, be able to handle and manage this stuff internally themselves? These are the things the clients will be interested in. Right. How is my marketing team going to load up and build new landing pages inside of the system without having to always come back to the developer? Well, right? The expensive, complicated, time-consuming developer well. Now, that's not to say that you can't, but just these are the these are the value propositions you should be making in this context, right? It's in regards to the features, um, I'm sorry, the benefits, not necessarily the, the specific features. Um, okay, so. And that's why, into, that's why it's called client first. Yeah. Damn, Joe that's exactly why it's too. called client first. <laughs> we didn't name it some arbitrary name some cool, sexy name because we want this to be sold to clients. We want our clients to know that we are thinking about them. That is the first thought in client first. Of course, it's going to help our workflow and Webflow. It's go going to help us be better developers in Webflow, but 
really client first is for the clients. There were a lot of decisions that we made that we said, well, maybe we'd prefer this as developers, but this is not accessible to our clients. So we're not going to do this. We're actually going to follow the name of this system, client first. And tell your clients that. Tell your clients that you are using a system with their name in it, client. Client first, I care about you. I'm using this system because I truly care about how you're onboarded to the system. And I truly care about how you understand the system, not just how I understand it. And that's that's one of the key reasons we named it like this, yeah. that it's going to help you in that sales process. Yeah. And, and this makes it about the client, right? It's... A client, like I've never met a client who didn't like to sit around and talk about themselves or think about how things were going to benefit their business. And so if they find out that their web developer is working inside of a system that's client first, it's basically built for them to make this transition easier. Think about if I'm coming from WordPress or if I'm coming from Squarespace or I'm coming from Wix, I'm already working with my team to figure out what the other things I need to worry about this transition are, let alone having to get them all on the same page. So imagine now being able to create some content around this, whether you create it, whether we create it, whether you're sharing our documentation, I bet you know people could build whole libraries of content around how they're working, not necessarily just inside of this structure. I saw some other people here saying they're using uh, BEM, but making a little more client-friendly. Cool, take what you need to make this system work for you. Maria was saying that its system is very similar to how she works, great. Take those things and figure out how to turn that into resources that again, you can use and that you can pass on to the client in whatever context, right? Imagine how much value they would get if you provided them with tools that make their education process easier, right? It makes it easier, which I guess would be the next good transition there, makes the education easier for someone to pick up and adopt inside of their organization. Did we skip any of the client first keyword stuff? That's no, that's I, I think that's a good movement into education. Education is so important in the sales process and closing deals. We are so open about onboarding our clients to the project after we're done building it. That is, it's just, it's so important. Clients want to know that you're not just going to leave them. They want to know that you're going to build the site, tell them how to use it or, or how to manage it or who else to work with afterwards. Nobody wants to have a site built and then just say goodbye, or very few people want that. So we're very open about educating our clients, uh, giving the clients personal tutorials, sending the clients Webflow tutorials, the, the great Webflow University tutorials, sending them that content. And now we're going to start having general client first content that we could send them. So, hey, you're a client that is looking to manage your entire Webflow build. We made this video for you. You're a client that's looking for, um, you're a client that doesn't want to touch your site after, you just want to make this tiny edit to the CMS. This is a video for you. Being education first is so important in the sales process, not just to get new clients in, not just to market your business, to close sales. And that's a core part of client first. That's why we launched with 11 videos and we have a whole library of videos planned out over the next year. We want this to be an education driven system and that knowledge should be passed on to your leads. Yeah. Let's address this question real quick in a comment by uh, a question by Emma. Um, she's asking, in our experience, do more clients want to update the site themselves? Uh, many of my clients, even on Squarespace, got me to do the updates. And this could depend on your style, the type of client you're working with. And I also want to bring Zach's comment into here, too, because Zach says most of my clients want the ability to update their sites, but it's rare they actually do. And so yeah. to go back to Emma's original question, I think a lot of it has to do with the type of client you're working with. Okay. And so if it's a small operation, they may want to just outsource that because they don't have someone in house to handle it. Um, 
as it gets to be a bigger operation, they still may want to outsource it because they want to tie up their resources or their team working in a different direction. Um, but you may get, like we get a lot of times, teams that are coming from other platforms and they have five, eight, ten. I don't know how many people need to get into this project and work on this thing. And they can't always rely on coming through us as a portal to make any updates or changes. And so that's when this becomes more important, right? When you have bigger teams that are looking to work in these projects that need to scale, um, that need to like all be able to get in there and understand what each other is doing. And so I would imagine that most small business website clients would probably be better off with some kind of like maintenance contract unless they have a Webflow person. But yeah, it, it just depends on the client need there, Emma. Um, I don't know how else to answer that. Um, Joe, anything I missed there? It, yeah, that you can't really generalize that answer. It's very difficult because every client comes with different requirements that we have big clients, small clients, all with different types of editing requ requirements. We have clients that will not jump into designer or editor. They want us to build it. And even like adding a blog post, they're not even going to do that. We're going to do that. And they're going to pay a pretty good amount of money just to enter data. Then we have clients that want full control. Most clients want a little bit of both. They want to be able to go in there. They have something that needs to be changed immediately and they go change it themselves. But if they need a new section or they need something more big or Maybe they're just busy. That team that normally does it is just busy that week. They need us to jump in. You need to be ready for all of them. And I think you need to accept all of them, that no matter what the client wants to do, client first should give you the ability to go make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Pete's bringing up a really good point here, too, saying depends on the functionality. You know, most clients are, yeah. you know, that... that and you could do this with the CMS too. Maybe you want to set up your project in a way that the client never has to touch anything. I've seen people build menus out of CMS items, right? And that's not a bad idea. Yeah. If you want a client who doesn't ever want to get in and they just want to create a menu, uh, you know, like, and they could create the page link. I, I don't know that it's ideal in every instance, but there are, there are ways that you can do this for testimonials, for clients your little credibility client block like you could turn everything on your site into a cms collection and just let the client do everything through the editor you know they don't always need to come into the designer and so again it just goes back to this is a hard question to just put inside of a box there's so many potential answers um here so um yeah. and you can also work that into your sales strategy a great question to ask as you're selling a lead is what do you want to update? What are the things on your website that you are most interested in updating? Based on that answer, think quick and think about how you can make that happen. Oh, great. I can put that into CMS collection and you can edit this entire section inside the CMS. Oh, I can make that into symbols and you can update this thing once and it's going to update globally on the site. Or, hey, I'm going to build this section really neat and organized and I'm going to have a tutorial series on how you edit this tabs component. Ask that in the beginning and build that into your website so that your client by the end of it is actually able to update what they need to update in a very easy way. Yeah, here's a, here's a question coming in from Penny Joe. Will you share how you provide those videos in the back end or separately? So can you talk a little bit about, and we are gonna go in, maybe that's what we can open up this um, onboarding section with Penny. Um, Talk a little bit about that, Joe. How do you do that? How did you come to that as your process? Um, and what have you seen uh, just throughout that experience of onboarding different size clients into Webflow? It's all with Loom videos. That is our strategy. We're not, we're not doing anything fancy. We're not putting them on landing pages. We're not packaging them up. It's very straightforward. Maybe one Loom video, that's 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Maybe there's 10 five-minute videos all broken up and you can put them in a list. This started to work into our sales process because I found that we were doing this anyway, that when we were done with the site, a client would say, hey, I want to do this. How do I do it? Or how do I access this? Or what do I do this? And we were just making these Loom videos. I was making them and making them. 
And then I said, well, if I'm going to make them anyway, let's make that part of the sale. Let's actually bring that into the beginning because I'm going to do it anyway. So that may help them say yes in the sale. And it does. Uh, usually people have to pay extra for onboarding. And you can charge extra for onboarding, but it also looks super badass if you include it for free. And really at the end of the project, it's just 30 minutes of your time, maybe an hour of your time. And actually filming these videos is going to save you more long-term from answering their many emails and questions. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Answering that takes time. So just film the video, get that yeah. onboarding into a process. Yeah. And if you, two things here, right? Like you can either create these videos on the fly, which is the super custom way to do it, right? Let's say I finish a project, I walk somebody through their actual build, right? Through their structure, their collections, their page layout, their style, everything, right? Their example, that could be time consuming. You may want to create a general one, right? That you just reuse, right? And so this is up to you. This is up to how you decide you wanna handle this onboarding experience. Um, if you're working with premium clients, if you're working on the high end of the scale, it may make sense to do that personalized touch. Because again, that's one of those touch points that leaves people feeling like, oh, they care about me. You know, like this is not something that happens in most instances with this type of delivery. I've been building websites for a long time and like people don't do this. Okay. And so when you do things like this, you're going to help that client understand that you're not just talking about client first, you are client first, right? You can't just talk about being client first in these instances and then talk about how, you know, you use these systems and blah, blah, whatever. This is one of those instances where you can show and you can tell, and this is how you get to those referrals. Right. This is how you get people who built a website with you or hired you to build a website to tell somebody else so that they build another website with you. And when you get that percolating, now you can build some real viral growth around your agency. So, um, yeah, Lucas, we agree. That's why that's why we had your comment up there the whole time here. So um, let's see. And consider consider a mix, uh, consider a mix of different onboarding things, just like Grace says here that sometimes she does it live or a loom or a PDF after the call or all three, that you can have general videos, general content. You don't have to explain how editor works every single time unique to the client, but it is really nice to have some type of personal video. So maybe yeah. you send five general videos and then there's one video saying, Hey, this is a video overviewing your testimonial section. I'm going to show you how to edit your testimonial section. I do like to have that that unique yeah. touch to it, not yeah. just general. I agree. I think it just it's that it's that next step up, right? But if you can't take the next step up, at least take a step up and create that little touch point because Webflow does this. They have some white label tools that you could share, and that's the bare minimum, right? If you if you just want to like not do any of this, but you still want to have some of those assets, Webflow does have some bare minimum documentation that's white label. You can send that over to the client and they can learn. Next step from there is creating a general purpose one that's branded with your agency, your work, et cetera. You can share that instead. The top tier of this type of onboarding experience is that personalized experience that Grace is talking about here. And this could be a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call where you walk them through it and then you give them these looms. I don't, like there's a million ways you could structure this as long as you're thinking about that, right? Um, there's in the sales process, people talk about like how to create a socially viral sales company. And none of that takes place before the sale, before the customer tr transacts. The way viral sales organizations grow is after the transaction takes place. The customer is so ecstatic with that experience that they can't help but go tell somebody else. Think about how Webflow is growing. Right. You jump into Webflow for the yeah. first time as coming from someone else from WordPress or Squarespace or whatever. And you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Look what I can do now. And then we become Webflow sales organization. Right. And so how do you do similar things like that for your business? Well, we're not selling software in a lot of instances. We're selling a service. And so that's that onboarding. That's that user delivery. That's that. I'm going to tell you all these things leading up to that point. And now I'm going to show you that we're not full of shit, that we actually do this stuff. And the more you can do that, the more that reciprocal sales loop will begin to grow and the more referral opportunities you'll get. And this stuff will start stacking on top of itself. 
Um, so yeah, anything there, Joe, that I missed? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. That is absolutely, it's what clients want. It's a lot of them don't expect it, but they want it. And when you go do that, you are taking it to the next level. I see a lot of people saying that they do live. Live is great. Super, super personal touch. If you're doing live, I also recommend that you record that live session and send it back to the client. We don't do live as much because we found that they understand it live. They understand it for a week. And then if they don't use one of those skills for a week or two, they kind of forget what that is. So record that, always have a copy of that. So you can always say, hey, that was that's in the, the recording and here's the reference to it. Yeah. So yeah, live is great. Make sure you record it. <laughs> Lucas is saying create a video template where you can put the client logo, some animations for the intro and the record a short video going through the client's website. They'll become a fan of your work. Sure, that would be a great yeah. little touch. And if you have some video Love editing it. skills, it wouldn't be that hard to do. Um, and again, anytime you're putting make my logo bigger, right? Like every client, just make my logo bigger. So anytime you're putting the logo or the brand back in their face in some creative or interesting way, you know, who knows what that could lead to. So yeah. Um, and Maria's saying, yeah, exactly. That way they can go back to the recording for sure. Recording is the key is what Grace is saying. Um, because a lot of times, like I've done this a million times with giving a website and we'll have that final kickoff meeting and it'll go something like this. Hey, client, look at your beautiful website we just built. They're super excited to get their hands on this. And I'm like, look, this is how you add a blog article. And this is how you update a testimonial. And here's how you put a new client thing. Right. And they leave that call. And an hour later, they get into a meeting and then they're doing this. And a week later, when they actually want to get in to do the work, they're like, well, what, what, what was he saying? And then they send me an email like, hey, can we do this again? When in reality, what they needed was a link to this thing that we recorded previously. And that would save all of this, right? And so think about asynchronous work. How do you put this stuff out there in a way that's available for somebody on their terms? Not on your terms, on their terms, right? And so this again, puts the client first. I'm helping with their efficiency, I'm helping with their workflow management, and I'm putting this stuff together in a way that allows them to take advantage of it on their terms. Um, so again, stacking the value. So I think you can see now that client first is a much bigger concept than just a style system. That's what the style system's called. That's, that's what it is, but it's more than that. It's a whole process. It's a whole mindset of putting your client first so that you're able to close more sales. You're able to have more happy clients. You're able to grow your business and you're able to stay organized throughout the whole process inside your Webflow project. That's what client first is. And that's what we're going to continue doing as we grow the system. It's not just going to be, hey, here's cool ways to do CSS and here's cool ways to do classes. It's here's how you grow your business. That's what this show is all about. That's what this system is all about. And that's what we will continue doing as we progress. Yeah. Which again brings us to another perfect transition. We're killing these transitions, by the Man, way. We are into this really, today is great. <laughs> F and certified uh, discussion, which we just wanted to have an open discussion. We've brought this topic up internally quite a number of times. People have mentioned this to us before. It keeps coming up as we start thinking about like referral systems and how do we build a partner network that as these leads come in, we can distribute and and how can we like help you all build credibility that says, hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm knowledgeable in this space and show that rather than tell that. And so we're playing back and forth with some kind of idea of what that looks like. And we thought we would just kind of riff a little bit back and forth, Joe and I, about this with you all in the comments. You can share your thoughts in the comments. Um, you can share feedback with us. Um, maybe we'll jump into gather after the call here and we can do a, a dialogue on some of this. But um, Joe, tell me what your thoughts are around this certification program. Um, you know, like what would it entail? Um, just, yeah, just kind of open that field up. Sure. Just this morning, I had a call with our bootcamp team. And we've talked a little bit about what we did with bootcamp throughout the past episodes, and I'll refresh it here. We had a bootcamp team, about six more beginner 
level Webflow developers. And these people came in and learned client first. They help us advance the system of client first. They built the templates, they built the wireframes, they helped build the docs. They were just huge parts of client first. And bootcamp was really successful. We had people that started from, well, don't really know how to organize things to now super, super organized. And we had the call today saying, how do we, re how do, we do this again? How do we have a second bootcamp? Is it something that is free? Is it something that people pay for? Is it something that you get a badge for your website or you get some type of certificate or cert certification? Uh, all of these questions we were asking ourselves and, and even how, how long is this program? Is it two weeks? Is it four weeks? Is it five people? Is it 20 people? We have all of these questions up in the air and I think they're all good. I think no matter what we do for client first certification, it's going to be a win-win for everybody. It'll be a win for FinSuite. It'll be a win for everybody part of the program and will be a win for all the clients that get to experience the great work from the people in that system. Yeah. So let's, let's bring it to the people and ask, what would you want to see? If you could think right now, what's a, what's a great way to be certified? Let's get some ideas going. Reimar, what do you think here? Um, I think a couple things. I think this could fall into some of that agency incubator stuff we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I feel yeah. like this could be some standalone you know, program. I also see there's like some trends around co cohort based learning systems. And so I could see just small groups that run through this process. Um, the question becomes how much time are we devoting? I think to this, you know, how, how much of our time and resources does it, um, take to, you know, to do all of that. Um, so I don't know, those would, those would be my first thoughts. I, I like the idea. I keep having this idea of some just inner circle tier, this effing certified tier, this premium thin suite tier where you get access to some of that, right? That includes the gather space that includes some of these other stuff that is like, I don't know, a little higher level. So I, I, I really don't know. I'm just kind of taking this all in. Um, we do have some stuff we're trying to start doing where we're going to do like almost like a Webflow open mic event where we're just going to have a stage and promote this area for people to come and either share or ask questions. So does it fit in with some of the stuff we're doing with the community Alliance? Is this a standalone thing? I, I, I don't really know. I, I see a lot of comments um, coming in here. Let's, let's take a look at what the folks are saying, huh? <laughs> Raphael saying LinkedIn certification, uh, badge minimally. Yeah. So people are saying badge for sure. Small groups, I definitely think small groups um, is the right way. <laughs> so badges and gold jackets. Okay, once you get certified, you get a gold Ooh. jacket. I thought we were talking about silk robes. If I remember during Clone Comp, we were talking about <laughs> silk robes. So um, <laughs> certificate of completion, badge to display on the portfolio and customize FinSuite mugs with our names. Okay, there we go. That's some very specific stuff. Nice, um, I like that. Yeah. Certification we also, and badge. We were talking about the people that would come in to do this, this program. If we could find designers to come and do this, we could help grow our template marketplace. So it's always really, really beneficial if you are designing, building, and launching a project that you did all yourself. So imagine we have people that have more of a design side come in design a new template, design a new wireframe, and then go through this program to make sure that it's built with perfect client-first standards. That would be a way that we can really expand this resource center. Uh, I, I can dream of a client-first resource center with over 100 different templates and wireframes. That is possible if we can bring people to the table that can help us build those and learn at the same time and get a new portfolio item and get the badge. Yeah. And I even see um, somebody was saying, where is that? Let me see if I can find that comment. Um, Expert certified incubator can be more the enterprise partners, two different tiers. No, that wasn't it. Um, here it is, here it is. Uh, let's see. I think it would be great. And FinSuite website had a page where you could search and um, find all of the folks that were, you know, like a 
effing certified or had this type of mm-hmm. certification, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tommy Gunn is saying, sometimes I comment just to see, let's see, just to see if Rymar <laughs> smiles as Joe talks. <laughs> I have zero poker face when y'all come in on the comments <laughs> and start saying shit. <laughs> That's funny. That I, I funny. had a smile... I had a smile earlier in the stream when Maria asked for what would the sexy name alternative be for a client first? <laughs> and there is one name that I keep going back to and I have to share it since Maria asked this. And I think it would be cool if it was called Blaze, the hottest Webflow style system. <laughs> so as cool as that is, you know, we could put some fire and some flames in there. It's the Blaze system. But the reality is that type of alias name, that type of that type of name, although it is sexy, it really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't say anything. That's another reason why we haven't named our templates and we haven't named our wireframes. We don't need some arbitrary name. We want to get you right to the facts and right to the point. This is client first. This is wireframe one. This is uh, why it's making it good. Maybe this is the price to pay to get in. Hell yeah. So instead of paying a monetary price for the F insert, we go through a training course and build a final template for y'all marketplace. That's it. You got to build a resource to get yeah. in. You got to get in the game. Yeah. And it's got to be voted by like a certain number of F certified pros or something like that. I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah. the paying I the price it. technically to get in versus like just paying to go through some course that maybe where we're, we're going to do a quiz at the end. There's no quiz at the end. Like I don't need a quiz about whether or not you know Webflow. I need to see whether you can build it, right? Like this is the whole point of the web. That's like, it's a very binary, literally in that context, where like it either works or it doesn't. So um, yeah, maybe that's the right way. I don't know. Love it. Um, What else is coming through here? Let's see. Yeah, great. These are great. Okay, so I guess guess what we should do, we should, we should have people, well, let me not jump here. We're going to release something in the next week, in the next two weeks or, or whenever that will let you sign up for something like this. That will let you say, hey, I wanna make this type of resource and I'm qualified to do it because of this. Maybe you could design your own template. Maybe you can take something that's open source and say, I'm going to build this exactly as is because I am on the developer side or whatever. So absolutely, we, we're going to get you involved. We're going to get you learning and we're going to get you certified. And that's, yeah, that's the point of this, this section. Nice. And Penny's saying something here. What if design is not our strength? Um, I think that'll be yeah. fixed by right. bu- rebuilding something else that exists, right? So it's like, hey, just like Joe just mentioned there, here's this open source style guide that exists in Bootstrap. Come build a Webflow version of some of that or maybe some of y'all work together to create projects like i could see people working uh together on even some of this stuff i, I don't know we there's a lot of details to be worked out so i i none of what we're saying today will be a commitment to what the program will be this is just us kind of brainstorming and figuring it out as we go um which brings me to a point speaking of good transitions um we're doing a lot of stuff with like community um and we're trying to figure out how like we've got the stream on tuesdays we did the critique stream on thursdays and while we don't want to stop fully doing the critique streams we kind of want to evolve that into something a little bit more interactive and we started experimenting with these hands-on events inside of gather where it was like an open mic slash just you know come and share um open stage kind of thing show and tell and i think we want to start experimenting with more of that So expect us to start doing more hands-on events, more in-person stuff. If you're not connected with that, I'm trying to think what's the best way. Colleen, what's the best way for people to sign? I think she's still in the crowd. Um, If you could, I'm I'm trying to think like, what's the best way to get people to sign up to essentially get them attending some of these events? Like what's the best way? Because it's different when we have this broadcast type mechanism versus when we're all in a room chatting and sharing and learning and looking and asking questions. It's a lot more fluid. And that's where we want to get to next, right? Like we we want to grow the streams. Streams are great. We love doing the streams. Uh, Babis at the beginning of the stream was saying he wakes up excited for the Tuesday stream. We do too. I literally get excited every week 
you know, knowing that we're going to do this. Um, but it's even more exciting when I know that we're going to be in a room and there's going to be 50, 60, 80, 100 people in a room talking, chatting, sharing, and engaging rather than just through comments. And so we would like to start doing more of that, especially as we start planning things like this incubator, this Webflow Community Alliance, this FN Certified program. Um, if you're attending those meetings and stuff that we're having already, this events committee that we're forming, um, you know, you, you'll see the value in what we're trying to do and you'll start to see the bigger picture of all the pieces that we're putting together. We don't necessarily share all that on these streams, um, but this is a great way to start getting involved. And so, as Joe said, with the certified program, maybe what we'll do is, um, you know, we'll just have something that we can, let's, yeah, Colleen says she's there. Colleen, um, what's the best way we can get people uh, in touch or about our events committee stuff? Um, I think I have an Airtable form actually. Joe, what are your thoughts there? Let me see if I can pull up this Airtable form real quick. Let's see what else is coming in the comments. Reading, just, I'm reading through the comments. There's uh, just great, great comments here, and I'm I'm loving things like this, submitting sites, because not only is it benefiting you where you're learning, it's going to benefit the community. So now we're giving you the resources, the tools, and the opportunity to help other people learn client first, to download your template, to clone your template and wireframe and start using it. And that's awesome. So that's a win-win, that's, yeah, I love it. So these are great comments. We're absolutely going to roll something like this out over the next few months. I just shared a message in the chat. I just pinned it. It's, um, it's a, it, it says, join the FinSuite events committee. Um, this talks a little bit more about the folks who want to get involved with planning. So this isn't specifically, and, and if you're not sure, right, if you just fill this out anyway and get on the list, we're going to start pulling people in. And we've done this already. We've already started pulling some of the folks in from just audience to interacting, working on some of the committees. We're trying to kind of grow the structure here so that it's not just us doing a lot of this. We want to get some of you all involved in leadership roles in organizing little events, little meetups, um, you know, so doing different things on your end, we want to start helping amplify some of those efforts. And so if you're interested at all in kind of becoming a uh, part of that planning committee or structure, um, fill out that little, uh, form that I just shared there in the comments and we will, um, no promises on when or how that'll go out, but we'll send some kind of email out. Um, to pull you in and we'll also probably send something out to our general email list so if you're on one of our main email lists just know you'll also get notifications it just may be a little bit down the road because we'll want to formulate some of this before we just start blasting it out to our full lists so um let's see what did i just saw something from tommy that i wanted to address there rymar is a certified extrovert i used to be 100 percent extrovert and now i'm like bipolar extrovert, which means I'm mostly extrovert with some introvert tendencies. <laughs> I do like to clam up and just, uh, yeah, not be around people or even talk to people a lot. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you at a certain level. <laughs> we have a comment from Joe. Hello, with your style system, you apply margin and padding to a div. And within that div, you have an element H1, for example. Surely this is bad practice as you're using a lot of extra divs. No, there's, there's no div counter inside uh, Google search. There's no, that is not something that you're going to be hit negatively with. We don't have hundreds of nested levels. This is not something where you have hundreds of nested and Google can't find your content. The content's clear, we use proper tags, we use proper HTML tags, typography tags. So no, this is not bad practice. This is approved practice. Is it different than other ways that websites have been built in the past? Sure, this is not an identical system match to your traditional bootstrap method, but no, this is not bad practice. Yeah. Um, real quick here, I just shared another comment let's see um i shared a link to join like everyone needs a new slack channel but i did see other people asking about slack um we do have a slack for just people who are 
helping us plan and join. I think the link I shared will get you. This is the same Slack for Clone Comp. Um, we do have a client support. So if you're getting support on FinSuite, that's on the JS channel. But we as organizers and kind of meetup folks and people who are doing the event planning use this no code Slack. Um, so that is growing. Uh, again, we use that for Clone Comp. It's probably good for anybody who's interested in getting involved um, to be in there. That's a good place if anybody wants to jump in as well. Thanks for the suggestion, Colleen. Um, let's see, somebody else asked about this. When is the client first docs being released? They're out, they're live. Everything is out there in the world. It's finsuite.com forward slash client first. Client dash first. So if we go to this screen here, nope, that's the wrong screen. That's Joe's screen still. Yeah, so you'll see client first, the documentation and resources are here. Um, I think you'll find there's a ton of content here that you need to, we, we went through this on the launch episode this past Thursday. So. Um, Lots of people uh, have been telling us they appreciate this documentation. It's a lot to read, it's a lot to look at here, but um, it does go deep into everything you might need to know about this, which um, could be helpful for anyone who's trying to kind of learn and get um, better hands-on with this. And also, you don't have to read it. That's the beauty of Client First, that we have a lot of resources, a lot of ways for you to consume this content. And maybe you're not a reader, Maybe you want to watch some of the quicker videos and then jump into the wireframes and templates. The wireframes and templates are built with client first. So maybe you are more of a visual learner and you want to go and learn like that. That's totally okay. Yeah. Question coming in from Emma here. Any thoughts on how Figma XD could best fit in with client first? Um, you could start thinking about how you're gonna name the elements when you're in the design phase. Um, for sure, when you're designing, you can start thinking about the structure and how your grids are going to work and how that's going to translate to Webflow. Um, those are all things to think about. Since the client first kind of starts entering into Webflow, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know how to better answer that, Joe. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, what I could see you doing is to apply component names to to your elements inside XD that before you even go into Webflow, you can have a full overview of your project over all the pages and just go through and name the components. This is the home header. These all headers are the same. So this is going to be the header one or this is a testimonial section that we see multiple places. Let's now call this the general testimonial or the team testimonial or whatever. So pre-naming your components inside the design software could definitely help you go and transition into the project. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Zach is giving my computer a shout out here for streaming strong. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've been going Thanks. strong uh, today <laughs> and last week. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you're new, we did have a couple um, through clone comp and, and the week after we had some technical difficulties, but we've re-engineered the entire setup. The real question is gonna be is how does this hold up on the road? I'm building this like Pelican case that all this stuff goes into and I have no idea how it's all gonna work. We've done small tests, but you know, it all changes when like people start throwing it under the belly of airplanes and things start getting moved around and stuff. And so, um, yeah stick around and see how this is going to evolve the show will evolve as we get on the road and um as these product releases roll out i think we'll uh, get a little exciting in that regards also the content um we have we, we're we're not only going to no code comp but we're taking um a video team to no code comp we're taking a video team team to mexico we're having a little like for the first time ever been sweet uh, folks from all over the world are going to come and we're doing like a little retreat in Mexico. Um, and you know, we're going to like video some of that. And so we've got so much cool content coming for y'all. The storyline behind what we're doing, we're going to start telling the story of the people behind the scenes. Um, we're looking to connect with you all. 
right in in different places so again if you're a meetup organizer if you're a webflow enthusiast if you're excited about this community and where this stuff is going in the world of webflow we'd like to hear from you so join that um slack channel join the um or fill out that form and uh yeah plug in we are looking for as many collaborators as possible here so um joe any cool comments coming in uh no no nothing cool <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> i think he just called you all lame audience that's <laughs> 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 okay um let's see okay i think that's all uh we're we're over the one o'clock here so let's go ahead and close this out and if anybody's interested do we jump in to gather for a little bit joe i cannot go into gather i'm about to give a speech oh we've talked too soon about the stream stability looks like we lost joe there oh you're back. Uh. I'm back. Did you hear what I said? No, no, no. You're giving a present. Some you, we dropped okay. right before you were going to deliver. Yeah, the I'm. I'm giving a speech slash presentation in uh, in about 20 minutes, so I will be preparing for that. I will not nice. be in the gather. Okay. Um, I'll jump in there for a little bit. If anybody wants to jump in, we'll jump into the clone comp gather for just uh, a few and see what happens there. Otherwise, we'll catch you in the next stream. Uh, Thursday. I don't even know what we're doing Thursday. <laughs> Are we doing a, uh, just a critique? Do we have more products to release? I don't know. Stay tuned. Check your emails. Subscribe <laughs> to Fin Suite on YouTube. Uh, like this video. Again, subscribe. I think about 50% of our viewers are only subscribed to the channel. So, um, yeah, mm. subscribe and, um, yeah, jump on in every Tuesday. We're here hanging out with all of y'all. So, uh, catch you next week. Bye.